0: Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. The best stories come from the craziest experiences. Nothing is more boring than everything turned out exactly as she thought. That's not a podcast episode. That's not a story. Everything going according to plan is boring. When you have roadblocks in your business, in your life, in your travels, and they drive you crazy and all of a sudden you don't know what the plan is anymore... Lean in because those are going to be the stories you tell over and over and over again. I promise you. Welcome to Brands Without Borders, a travel show that will also teach you how to build a business. I'm your host, Katie Smith, an art director, full-time traveler, and the founder of Drop Cap Design. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to Brands Without Borders. I'm actually really excited to share today's episode. It is not even remotely what it was supposed to be. It has definitely taken on a story of its own, but it's time to share it. So before I get started, if you want to see where I am, which is currently in my car in Montana, which is like the only private place I have these days on this part of my adventure, then go over to YouTube. There's a visual component. I've become such a huge fan of YouTube lately. I feel like that's how I'm getting all of my content, but if that's not your jam and you're on your own road trip that's hopefully going a little bit better, then I encourage you to go over to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find brand's Up Borders audio version. And what's cool is I actually saw on Spotify recently that the video version is showing up there as well. So you can even watch the video version over on Spotify, which is super, super cool. That's what I ended up doing and rewatching, which if you ever want to really hate your voice, go back and re-listen to and rewatch your early podcast episodes. That'll humble you really fast. Let me just say that I have wanted to do this for so long. So I'm definitely getting over the early weirdness of seeing yourself put something out there that you haven't totally figured out yet, talking about things that you haven't totally figured out yet, and learning as you go. But damn, I am a perfectionist at heart. And putting things out before I'm like totally sold on the concept is new for me. But good. But good. Because stories like this one that I'm going to share with you today would have stayed in the archive and been long forgotten because life moves so quickly. When you're traveling a lot, it's just in this constant rotation of you experience something, you process it quickly, you move on to the next thing. There's just not time to dwell. And so this gives me an opportunity to share and then one day play it back when I'm ready to relive this crazy experience, but for a little bit of backstory. So as you know, I live in Costa Rica currently, but I am not in Costa Rica right now. I am in Montana. And the reason for this is coming back this summer was always part of the plan. Last fall, it was very clear to me when I came back from Costa Rica last spring that my Montana chapter was needing to end. I was burned out. I was over it. I needed something new. I had kind of stopped seeing my purpose in being in Montana. I mean, I had great friends, but like I didn't see a huge career purpose. I just like didn't have a vision for my life there anymore. And it was time to just go on to the next thing. Sometimes the chapter needs to close. And for a full rundown on why I made that decision, you can head over to episode one, the origin story. But for what it's worth, last fall, I was just like, let's get the ball rolling. Once I made a decision, like I'm ready to just like put that into motion and not dwell on the decision or have time to second guess myself because obviously a move is tough and it requires a lot of effort. So if you take too much time to second guess yourself, next thing you know, 25 years have passed and you're still in the same house. So I went ahead, put my stuff in storage and just said, let's get out of here. I had a mural commission. I finished the mural and I just went home. And I was like, I'm going to Costa Rica. I'll come back next summer and just deal with it then. So that's exactly what I did. I put all my stuff in storage, drove my car down, spent the holidays with my family, moved to Costa Rica for what I thought would be six months, which is now, and I'll explain this in a later episode, a bit more permanent for the time being. But I still wanted to come back this summer because I have nieces and nephews that I want to spend time with my nephew, Ilo, who's so precious and near and dear to me, was born in June and I was just not going to miss his infant days. And then I needed to come back to Montana. I had a couple more things I wanted to put in storage. I wanted to see friends. I kind of like left like a thief in the night and it was just time to come back, close up some loose ends. And honestly, like Montana is amazing in July. That is like my favorite month to be in Montana. September is a close second, but so much is going on. Everyone's like fully taking advantage of the summer. They're on the river. They're getting outside. There's concerts like what feels like every night of the week. I mean, it's just so much fun. So I was ready to come back. It was kind of always part of the plan to be back here for portions of the summer. And I always thought that I would drive back. And the reason for that is because you have to have a car in Montana. You can't just fly in and just wing it and think that you'll see everybody and see everything because everything you could ever want to do is 30 minutes away. I'm telling you, like, you want to meet a friend for a drink? 30-minute drive. You want to go to a walk? Give me a 30-minute drive. Any hike you want to do? 30 minutes at least. And so you need a car. And I am no stranger to the road trip. You'll see it again, episode one. My early entry into travel was really just bebopping around the U.S., going to Colorado, Montana, going back and forth to Birmingham when I was living in Texas. And so I can do a road trip and I can make a road trip fun. That's the big thing. I love hotels and I know how to break up a trip, make it fun, make it manageable and make it interesting. So I had this idea and I was like, oh my gosh, I should totally document the road trip because typically when I am on the road by myself, I'll leave myself like 500 voice notes. I have ideas. I have things that I want to talk about. I listen to audiobooks and podcasts and I just, my creative brain is buzzing. I think just because of the monotony of the road, but every last idea comes during a road trip. So I was like, oh, it'd be so much fun to document that, share it with you guys on the podcast and just see what comes of it. So I'd buy microphone equipment, something to put up my phone. I was excited. I was like, it's my return back to Montana after a year and so much has developed. So best intentions. And I packed my car. I got everything ready. I departed from Birmingham. And then I would say about an hour into the trip, I started having second thoughts. I thought, you know, I have seen a lot of car recordings of people doing carpool karaoke and it's no big deal but there's something about a single person even if they're watching the road distracted recording themselves that's just not really what I'm about and I'll say a huge part of that is because I'm not actually that great of a driver I'll admit it I don't enjoy it I sometimes get overwhelmed when there's like fast decisions or lots of traffic. And I'm probably not the person to like self record something. Even if I'm laser focused paying attention, I just don't know if that's the look for me. And so I immediately was like, I've got to scrap. Either this has to be audio only or I've got to scrap this concept because it's just, it didn't work for me. So then I start testing out the microphones and they won't connect to my phone. And so I'm like, this is already a 28-hour, three-day drive. I don't want to, like, extend it by fiddling with microphones for, like, the first couple of hours. I'm just going to keep going. I'll figure it out day two. Funny. So my first stop, I drive 10 and a half hours the first day, and I get from Birmingham to Kansas City. So I had pre-booked my hotels. I thought this will give me milestones. I know where I'm going. I don't have to worry about booking anything on the road. I just get there in the fastest way possible, enjoy it. And then I have a lovely hotel room to greet me when I get there. And I was going to stop in two places, Kansas City and Rapid City, South Dakota. Now, I've stayed in Rapid City before. I'm not a huge fan of their hotels, to be honest. I think they're overpriced and the quality is really poor because it's like a conference town. So I found a really cute hotel in Kansas City that was like a boutique hotel that was going to be really fun, a little splurgy. And then I found this really charming Airbnb in Rapid City. So I pull into Kansas City around 8 or 9. I think it was around 8 or 9. And the hotel is like right in the heart of downtown. And I'm telling you, this is actually a huge lesson that I'm learning a lot traveling. You have to trust your intuition. And my intuition was like, Some about this just is weird. There's not a lot of signage. There's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of development. And you're in a forerunner that's packed to the gills with boxes. And not just boxes, but like expensive camera equipment, things that you're wanting to put in storage because you really care about them and you don't want anything to happen. So I park at the hotel. It doesn't have a lobby. It's self-check-in, which is also a little weird for a hotel. My like little red flags were buzzing, but nothing crazy. I mean, who knows? After COVID, I guess everyone's gone to contactless check-in, like whatever. I could get past that. But it was the street parking that I couldn't get past. So I call the concierge who's on call or whatever. And I said, I've just checked in, but I'm mid-move. I don't feel super solid about parking on the street. Do you guys have like a secure parking option? I would just like to know what your recommendation is because I'm just like not feeling great about this. I really don't want my car to get broken into. I'm leaving first thing in the morning. I just would like an alternate parking solution. He was like, totally understand. A couple blocks away, there's a parking garage. It's super secure. We highly recommend it. Just go there and you could like walk back. It's not a big deal. And I had some bags of me. I was kind of like, oh, it's kind of annoying to walk back, but I'm not going to Uber. And it's like late at night. And like, I got this. So I parked my car and then my second little red flag, this is the one I should have paid attention to. The parking garage was completely empty. There was not a car in sight. And I started thinking whenever nobody's doing something, there's usually a reason. And I actually learned that surfing. Like If nobody's out there and the waves look good and nobody's paddled out, there's a reason you just want to pay attention. If you're unfamiliar in an area, really the best rule of thumb with whether or not something's a good idea is to see if other people are doing it. It's just like common sense. Well, here's a time where I did not pay attention to common sense and I've never done this before, but I took like 20 photos of my car before I went to the hotel. I was like, I just like have a weird feeling. And you might remember this as well. I think I've shared this, but my car was broken into in January in Atlanta. And so I have like very recent experience with car break-ins or car theft. And so I'm a little more sensitive than normal. I took so many photos of my car from every ankle, every window, the license plate, exactly where it was, where the parking garage was, what time it was. I just wanted timestamps and proof of what my car looks like. And then... I got back to the hotel and I still had a weird feeling, but I was like, just go to bed. You're being extra sensitive because you just had this experience January. Like, you're fine. So I went to bed. I woke up. The hospitality wasn't amazing at this hotel, if I'm being honest. When you're paying a certain amount for like a boutique hotel, you don't want it to feel like an Airbnb. You want it to feel like a hotel. You want to have a lobby. You want to have a concierge. You don't want to like be going into like a shared kitchen to make your coffee. You know what I mean? It's just odd. So the structure, like the build out and the decor of hotel was amazing. The way it was run was just not hospitable, really cold and kind of like gave me hostel vibes. So not into it, but I did have like a pretty little communal area. And once I figured out how to make coffee, I was like, I'm just going to sit, read for a little bit, just kind of gather my thoughts for another whole day of driving, check my email. So I'm sitting there having coffee. And the funniest thing is I actually have this video. Showing the interior of this hotel. And in a few moments, you'll notice that it's exactly when the issue happened that I was like taking these photos. So after I you know check my email, gather myself, I get my stuff, and I start heading back to it, the parking garage. And I'm walking in, and as soon as I walk in the parking garage and I turn the corner, it actually like takes a second for me to register what I'm looking at. It's full of cars now. obviously, like people are there for the work day. It's a Thursday morning. But the first thing that alerted me that something was wrong is my boxes were half hanging out at the back of my car. I, the car wasn't open, but like that window that separates, the trunk was busted and the boxes were half out. And I was like, oh, exactly what I was worried about. It happened. My car was broken into. So then as I come up closer to my car and I'm starting to notice, I realized that nearly all of the windows are busted and there's glass everywhere my suitcase is out clothes are flung everywhere like stuff is all over the place and my heart just starts racing because I'm like I don't know what's stolen it's a lot of windows I don't know what to do and the first thing I need to do is just document just take photos so I'm just going around the car taking photos and this girl comes running up to me and she was like I've already called the police and I you know think who the heck are you and she was like this happened like." 20, 30 minutes ago. And then my second thought was, how do you know that? Did you do it? And my brain was just like in defense mode of like, how do I change the situation? Who can I trust? It's just that feeling of being violated. And all of a sudden you're just like, everyone's out to get me and all of you people need to step aside while I fix this. And so I actually, I'm like, I've got it. I'll call the place. I, you know, I know what to do. So I called the police and they were like, yeah, this has just been registered. And this girl, while I'm on the phone with the police trying to process it, she's giving me more context. And I'll be honest, at first, I was really annoyed because I was just trying to handle it on my own. Later, I'll realize that she was being so helpful and a lot of this information was really useful. So apparently, this parking garage, this was like the fifth day in a row that cars had been broken into and that's the reason none of them were parked there later what's weird is that there were a lot of cars parked there when i was and i was the only one targeted that morning and what's even weirder is that mostly nothing of value was taken at first i thought nothing was taken at all and then as a couple days passed i realized that like some of my books and like the wet wipes out of my console and sparkling waters out of a cooler and like a couple of just like Weird items were taken, but nothing of value. So she was saying, like, this has been an ongoing issue. We've been talking to the property manager. They won't do anything. I'm so sorry. I've called the police. I'll sit with you while you wait. Really kind. Really, really kind. Super helpful. So I called police. I called State Farm. Police don't really want to come. They're like, if you can't, like, notice anything significant that's stolen, just file a claim. There's nothing we could do. Wonderful. But I called State Farm, and they're like, you know, you're covered here's what we would recommend for glass repair, here's the number. So I call and I'm just sitting there like, I'm supposed to be on the road. I have three days of driving out of me. This is day one. I can't get derailed in Kansas City. And because this is such an apparent issue, and I will say this is not a Kansas City issue. My career is broken into in Atlanta. This is a big city issue in the States right now. But they didn't have any availability for replacing the windows for like two days. And they're like, we could maybe fit you in for like a drop and go where we might get to it tomorrow, but you wouldn't have your car and you would just need to be like close by. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it. It's got to be fixed. I can't drive 16 more hours with like two windows. Like this is crazy. Not to mention stuff's going to be flying out of my car. I don't even know if I can drive to the glass place. So I booked a hotel that's close to the glass place. I said, I want your location that's out of the city. I am so done with the cities. I don't really feel safe tonight unless it's somewhere that's a little bit more secure. So I find a more generic hotel and get that, schedule it for like the drop-by day the next day. And as I'm getting ready to go, I check my email and I have this email from a client who we're in the middle of a project with that just says my concerns. And I'm like, could this day get any worse? And the ironic thing is really like, the day before, I was feeling so confident. I had everything packed, pre-booked, ready. Work was going great. I cleared my schedule. I wasn't like frantically trying to do things before I left. Like I was feeling so proud of myself the day before for how prepared I was, how on top of things I was, how my team was working so great, how clients were taken care of. And it's so funny how like you're perception of things can change so much just like two days so then all of a sudden my car is broken into you and then i feel like every client hates me and just the power of perception so i open this email and it's like my concerns and of course my like my nervous system was just like shot to smothering and so i briefly read it i see what the issue is and i'm like okay so my first thought is this is fixable however it also needs to be responded to quickly and I'm not in the headspace to be able to like adequately respond to this client email in a timely manner because I'm dealing with the break-in and I'm either going to take out my stress about the break-in on this client unfairly, or I'm just going to completely lose it and it's going to turn into like a way bigger of a deal than it needs to be. So I sent Nikki a message, who's our studio manager, and I was like, I need you to take care of this. I need you to draft something up for me. It's not a huge deal, but it needs to be taken care of. And I just, like, don't have my wits around me to, like, write something that's, like, cool, calm, professional. So she's in the middle of drafting the email when she gets a call that her daughter's in the ER. And she's like, Katie, you'll never believe it, but my daughter's in the emergency room and I've got to go. And I was like, totally. You've got to go. Like, you can't be writing an email like your daughter's in the ER. you got to go. So she leaves and I'm sitting there like, okay. So my team is having a family emergency. My car is completely, you know, undrivable. I'm halfway in a road trip and I don't know anyone in Kansas City. And everyone I would know is like a loose queens And like, it's just not like the right crisis. Time to really build relationships. And I have like client stuff going on with a, a project where there was like some things that needed to be fixed. Not a huge deal. But I was just like, one thing at a time, Katie, you can solve one problem at a time. The most pressing problem is that you need a plan for your car. Great. Got that handled. Second, you need a place to be. You need to know where your home is. Great. Booked a hotel. Got that done. I get to the hotel. I'm like, okay, now you can focus on fixing other people's problems. So I sat there and I was just about to work on the client. All of a sudden, I was like, it is 345 in the afternoon and I'm shaking because I haven't eaten anything. And this is now starting to catch up with me. And so I order food, I sit down, I reground. I'm like, okay, I've got this. I email the client, I let her, I actually let her know what was going on, which I normally wouldn't do. But I was like, I just think that the way I'm acting is probably not normal and some context would be helpful. I've always been worried, like, if something happens, not wanting to tell clients if I'm going through something personally because I don't want it to seem like an excuse. And so I was hesitant to be like, I'm sorry, I'm running late, by crack, blah, blah, because I'm like, why does she care? Like, she just wants a project done. But I decided to tell her and she was so gracious. She's like, I totally understand, that's really stressful. And I was like, I'm gonna get to handling this as quickly as possible. So I sit in there, put a show on, I eat some lunch and then I just fix the problem. I do a really good job fixing it. And I'm really proud of myself and we get it in, we solve that little snafu of the project. She's super happy. And then the next day I have a couple of other little fires to put out while my car is getting fixed. I go to a Starbucks and just sit crank. And then I found out that my car was actually ready like two hours early. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to like start driving that day or stay another day. And, you know, people are so sweet. Like I posted on Instagram what had happened and I had friends sending me little vidmos to get a copy checking in on me. I mean, people are wonderful. A great lesson is like when something bad happens, don't be afraid to share about it because people actually want to help. Like they want to be part of it. They want to make you feel better. You don't have to go through it by yourself. So I was heading back to pick it up and I was just going to see like how long it took to like wrap up, finish paperwork, and then book a hotel from there to see realistically how far I could drive. And my Uber on the way back to the glass place, he was from New Jersey. And he was so funny. He was like, you're fine. He was like, if you had been in New Jersey, they would have taken your car, performed a crime, and come back and not damaged it. But you would have no clue what your car was involved in. And he was like, these people are just like breaking windows and like stealing random things because they're bored and it's hot. And so I'm like, I guess silver lining, at least I have my car back. Like they didn't entirely take it. And what's funny is like right before I left, I had taken out my spare key, which I, for whatever reason, have been keeping in my console of my car. So if that had happened, they would have found the keys and could have just driven off with the car, which would have been awful. But that didn't happen. So I get the car. They were really wonderful. And what I also thought about was just how interesting it was that the hotel in which I had paid extra to stay really had like weird, bizarre, unhelpful hospitality. And even like I let them know my car was broken into in the garage that you recommended. They didn't even respond. They didn't even say like, I'm so sorry. We don't really have control over that. But then when I go to the glass place and when I call State Farm, I'm heated because I'm in crisis and I'm frustrated. I'm going to have to spend money that I wasn't planning on spending. And they couldn't have been nicer or more helpful or more eager to go above and beyond. And it just goes to show that like you can have hospitality in any industry under any circumstances and it's going to create like the happiest most loyal clients that give you the best testimonials like there is no industry no circumstance in which you can't go above and beyond to understand where your client is coming from or your customer and think about like what would make their life easier for instance the waiting room with the glass place they have free coffee a million charging stations and I was like, oh, what wonderful anticipation of things, you know, small little things that just make you think like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. Thank you. Makes my life easier. But during this portion, I was like, OK, so this trip is starting to go a little bit south. And then when I was checking out with my car at the glass place, he goes, now we fixed it because you've kind of already been through it. Again, a bit beyond. But he was like, just wanted to let you know in case it ever comes up, whoever it was was actually trying to remove the doors in your car the metal was kind of bent where they had been using a crowbar to remove the doors didn't work or they ran out of time or whatever but we've totally fixed it it's fine you're good i just wanted you to know and i was like the level of stress i would have had to have walked up to my car and there were no doors on it uh so blessing in the skies there that i actually ended up with a car that has doors and right as I'm leaving, I'm like, okay, I can make it. I think I can make it like six hours, which would have got me into South Dakota at like 11 p.m. Kind of late, but it wasn't like unmanageable. And right as I'm pulling out of town, torrential downpour. I'm talking like hurricane level flooding. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, another little blessing. So my day when I was like, I'm not going to make it to Rapid City I'd booked through Airbnb and like with the cancellation policy, like you can't just say, I'm sorry, I'm not coming like two hours before. And I'd forgotten. I was just in the chaos. The last thing I thought was like, I need to let my Airbnb host know I'm not going to be there tonight. So it was like seven o'clock at night. And I sent them a message. I was like, I am so sorry. It just occurred to me. Today has been crazy. I need to let you know, do not be concerned because it was like a guest unit of their main house. So I was like, they'll know if I'm not there. And I was like, don't be alarmed. Don't be concerned. I just want to let you know that I'm not going to be there tonight because of the situation with my car. I know that like this is so late. You know, don't worry about the refund. But I just want to let you know so you didn't worry. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're sending you 100% back. Like these things happen. Please don't worry. Be safe. So kind. So kind. Like I did not ask for that. I didn't fight for it. I didn't try to justify it. It was just kindness. Of so yeah, another silver lining. But yeah, so torrential downpour. So as it's downpouring, I think, you know what? I'm just going to take this exit. I'm going go to Target. I'm going to buy a journal. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to record what's going on. I'm just going to let the rain fall. And when it's time for me to drive, it's time for me to drive. So I did that. It lasted for a little while. And then I made some phone calls and talked to some people and, and just kind of like, you know, embraced the moment. And then I kept driving. And I get into South Dakota at like 11 o'clock, pull up to this, kid you not, I'm like, I am definitely back in the West. And it's like a log cabin looking situation. And it's got this sign in the lobby that's like, please do not clean your fish inside of the hotel. And I was just like, what? How often does this happen? Like, how often do you have people staying here who are just like cleaning dead animals inside the hotel? This is not in Costa Rica or the South. But I stayed there, it was fine, it was relaxing. I get on the road and I'm like, okay, today's the last day, I'll make it to my friend's house and I could just relax. And there are little details that of course I forget to leave out, but I got pulled over by a cop in Missouri who ended up just letting me go with a warning, so nice. Run out of gas in Wyoming and I'm like cruising into a gas station on fuel. Like 10 miles earlier, I'd had one mile to go. So it was just like living on a thread. But what I wasn't prepared for was how I would feel crossing the state line into Montana and the immediate emotions and tears that would just leave my body the second I was back in the state. And it was so confusing because there were parts of me that were so nostalgic for how many great memories and years I had in Montana. And then there were parts of me that were just so sad for the way some things fell apart and how broken and sad I felt last summer and just driving through it was golden hour it was the mountains were just like lit purple and beautiful colors and like golden light everywhere and I just drove through my old town passing it just in tears thinking wow I have so much compassion for where I was last year and what I've been through in nine months since I left in September last year. I'm coming back in early July. But it honestly felt like a rebirth. Like I am not the same person as when I left. Not even close. Not even reminiscent of. And in some ways, that's sad. And in some ways, that's beautiful. And it just kind of dawned on me as I was driving into the state and passing the familiar mountains that I called home for five years. And so... There are a couple of things that came to mind that I wanted to pass along as my takeaways from the experience. The first is that where you are right now might just be a mile marker, but not the final destination. Montana, I thought was the final destination for a long time. And it turns out it was just a chapter, a mile marker on the journey. And that can be a beautiful mile marker. It can be really memorable, like it was in Kansas City, but it doesn't have to mean everything, and it doesn't have to be the full story, and it's okay if the story keeps on going to the next place. And it just dawned on me that, that I can really appreciate this chapter for what it was in my life, knowing I can very easily come back, but that my life has moved on, and that pertains to a lot of different aspects of my life, my business, you know, where I am in my life, what I'm pursuing, a lot of things that's not the final destination, The second lesson is that you have to flow with what's actually happening. Yes, it was frustrating when my car was broken into and when the torrential rain came and when I couldn't stay at the Airbnb and when I had to spend more money than I thought I was going to spend. And I could have fought it, but it wouldn't have changed the reality. And I see this a lot in branding and business when things start to rack up that are like unexpected roadblocks. And you can get angry. You can get mad. You can yell at people. I could have yelled at the glass people. I could have yelled at the police officer. I could have lost my cool because there was something that was outside of my control that I didn't anticipate that was going to cost me something. And that wasn't my fault. But I just leaned in. and like, what's the opportunity here? The opportunity is to work on this client project, to have some spaciousness, to let people be hospitable, to let my friends be generous with me flow into the opportunity of what you're experiencing and the potential lesson or experience there. Maybe if it's your website, it's all of a sudden you need more systems than you thought or more photography or it's going to take longer than you thought. Flow into the experience and see what the lesson is there. And then the third, and this is my favorite takeaway because it's so true, is that the best stories come from the craziest experiences. Nothing is more boring than everything turned out exactly as she thought. That's not a podcast episode. That's not a story. Everything going according to plan is boring. When you have roadblocks in your business, in your life, in your travels, and they drive you crazy, and all of a sudden you don't know what the plan is anymore, lean in because those are going to be the stories you tell over and over and over again. I promise you. And it can end up being one of the best things that ever happened. And here I am with an episode sweltering in the car trying to tell it to you. So that being said, I'm going to end this one here because I desperately need to get into some AC. But I loved sharing this story with you. And I actually wanted to say I'm learning a lot about this experience of podcasting. And one of the things that I'm learning is that coming up with these titles and like talking to myself is actually a lot harder than I thought what I really want to do is share things that you actually want to hear about. So if you could leave a comment, write a review, send me a message. What do you want me to share with you? What do you want to hear about my life, about branding, about business, travel? I want to share it all. Please send me a message. I would love that. So until next time, I'll see you.